Hello, this is Nicola, curator of In the Flesh Exhibition. I'm standing here outside Dock Street Studios in Dundee. It's a sunny day and I'm here to take a walk around the show with exhibiting artist David P. Scott. I was first introduced to David's work around three years ago. He cautiously mentioned that he painted after we'd finished a workshop at McManus Museum and Art Gallery where we were both working as freelance artists. What was interesting and surprising to me was that he was a photographer and videographer, yet here I was looking at his website, full of years of colourful paintings featuring bold geometric patterns. A really powerful and unexpected explosion of colour and expression. I featured his work in Little Originals exhibition a couple of years ago, but I've been hoping to see a larger selection of his paintings together at the same time. And here they are, finally. I'm excited to speak to David about his work, so I'm going to go ahead and enter the gallery. Hi David, thank you for meeting me. Hi. Um, so we're just going to start in front of these two paintings. So we've got With Teeth and Dancing at Angles. Yes. And they're both quite similar paintings, but moderate sort of differences between them. We've got like a zigzag pattern on both and one of them's got a straight line in the background and one of them's got a wavy line. Yeah. And um, bright primary colours with a few secondary colours mixed in. Really beautiful and this is actually my favourite wall in the exhibition. I think they just look really good together. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to start here and I wanted to start with a question. I know you're a videographer and photographer and you do pretty well at that. Mm -hmm. both Dundee area and Edinburgh as well, yep. throughout Scotland, museums, art galleries, festivals, all sorts. So that makes me want to ask you the question, why even bother painting? Um, that's a good question to start with. Um, I started as a painter, so I painted all the way up until the second year of art school, so uh, that was throughout school. Um, I did architecture for a year in Newcastle, um, and when I dropped out, I started painting again. Um, did a, a year at Cardonald College in Glasgow um, and then two years at Duncan of Johnston before I moved to photography. Um, I think I'd kind of got to the point where I didn't think I was good enough and I didn't have a clear enough idea of what I wanted to do. Painting was always about making things look like what they were, so it was all about realism. Um, when we were taught at school it was all sort of David and Caravaggio and all that kind of stuff, so it was always very much, you know, you have a vase in front of you and you paint and it looks like a vase. Um, so I, I, I suppose I was frustrated taking so much time over something that wasn't looking like what it was meant to be. Uh, so I moved into photography because it was fast. I'd also been doing a lot of collage, so it kind of fed into that video kind of spun off from that. I'm a big fan of music. Um, music's run through my entire life. So music video was um, a big thing that I wanted to kind of experiment with. Um, when I graduated, I worked in various jobs. was made redundant and ended up working for a bank. Um, <laughs> Everyone's got <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and it, I didn't suit it. So um, I had to leave. Um, it, was, it was playing havoc with my health and the one thing I thought I could make money from was photography, so that's that's how I ended up doing that. Uh, the reason that I started painting again, um, I suppose when 
when you've been taking photos for so long, they become devalued. They're, I've shot so many videos that just sit in hard drives in sort of corporate offices. Nothing ever happens with them. You know, it's it's taken over someone else. Um, there's no there's no spark. Um, I mean, I enjoy my work and I, I love what I do and I put a lot of effort into it. But I wanted something that was for me, that was completely mine. Uh, it was completely free from any sort of obligation to a client or to anything like that. But also that I had a physical presence. So something that was that was there. It wasn't pixels on a screen or right. data on a hard drive. It was an actual physical thing, and it couldn't be couldn't be denied. You know, you can stick it in a cupboard, but it's still there. Yes. Um, and so yeah. the human touch is very much there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I started painting furniture before I got into canvases. So um. I was painting furniture, and then I was on 7x5 card, um, card boards, yeah. uh, sort of canvas boards, and then moved on to canvases. And they're slowly getting bigger and bigger. So oh, right, so that's where you're going to go. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask him, you've picked deep Deep canvases, so they're quite deep canvases that yeah. you're painting on. Um, is that a conscious thing or is that just perhaps um, what you could access? Um, um, I think I've, I've found, I've been freelancing full-time for eight, nine years and I found that when you try and um, control it, 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 things inevitably go wrong. So I'm very much a believer of just seeing what happens and just letting things kind of evolve. Um, serendipity is a big thing, um, not from a, um, well this is a sign type thing, but just more a, oh look at that. They were in the range, I like the look of them, I lifted them up, I like the feel of them. Um, the 7 by 5 canvas boards that I'd been using, I'd been making frames, yeah, so they're thick yeah. wooden frames for them, so it kind of fitted into that. Um, yeah, it's about the same thickness as the wood. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and um, I liked the idea that if I painted the sides, I wouldn't have to frame them. Yeah, um, so there was less work um, for a moderate <laughs> outlay of time. Yeah, well, because yeah, the frames take yeah. forever. And the only reason I ask is because you've really made something of that depth, and um, the, the pattern goes right round um, yeah. and continues in a really interesting way, like kind of perspective-wise and stuff, you've really thought about that. So I think it wouldn't be as striking if you'd use a, a thinner depth. Yeah, I, I find it quite interesting though because um, I, I'm always fascinated with how painters treat the canvas as a, like how they finish things off, you know, like, you know, is it just a board, do you paint the sides, do you leave the sides empty? Yeah. Um, I mean, with, with your work, you with fabrics at the side. Um, I remember David Austin at the DCA. He left the the jute at the side, oh, yeah. so he would have that running round. Um, I paint the side. It's just yeah. it's just interesting how people because it choose. is almost sculptural and they're really yeah. striking on the wall. That's why I think they look so good together as well. Um, very good. Right. So my next question is about pattern. Yep. Um, and I know you do paint some representational, you've got some scenes that are a bit more to do with perhaps landscape or mm -hmm. people, buildings even, um, but I really love your patterns and some of them are really quite complicated and I just wondered um, how, for example, you would kind of come up, do you draw it first, how do you design the pattern, 
is it tough to kind of because it's almost like a bit of an illusion in a way some of them yeah I, I, I try not to think about them too much um, only one of them here was drawn beforehand which is the, the print lyric um, I'd been doing a series of drawings in graph paper um, and just playing about with triangles and how you would sort of arrange them. Um, I grew up for eight, nine years um, on a street called Lyric, um, which is the oh. which is street side the fields basically. Lyric is the little sort of path that's left uh, for people to kind of walk on and whatnot at the side of the field. Wow! Um, so on the sidelines, kind of thing. Um, so this. A bit along the bottom, and the painting of this that's green, um, and the rest is yellow to sort of signify the, the field. But that's you don't have to read that into it, but it just kind of ties back. To and what's the rig, what does the rig part mean? Is that like an oil rig or? Uh, well, Lee rig is, I mean, that's what it's called. Yeah, it's just it's, it's one word, really, mm. one phrase. Um, yeah. I think rig. Does rig mean, mean hill? Or, I'm not I'm sure. Not, I'm not 100% on that. But um, Great. it was the Burns poem, Meet Me, Meet Me by the Lyric, or something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember the details. But, wow. Uh, so that was drawn in advance, and I have maybe 20, 30 designs. I actually painted three or four of them. One of them was underneath this one here. Ah, oh, like um, a. They didn't work. There. They were too. Um, too laboured, I think. Lyric was the only one that worked. Um, there is another one that still exists, my sister has it, because I, I couldn't look at it and I knew I was going to destroy it and she liked it so I gave it to her. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I, I think the rest of them, they, 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 they're built up naturally. So you have a canvas that's like you know, 20 inches long or 10 inches high and you, sort of, you divide it in half and then you quarter it and then you, you know, Get your compass and you draw some circles and you just see what happens. And so then, really, you using like proper drawing tools and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that comes from the architecture, I suppose. Yes, of course. So I, I can do sort of technical drawing and whatnot. Yeah, because Lee Rig in particular, it's very fine and very precise, and yeah, but but not at all architectural in that you've got orange lines on a yellow background. Yep. That's a, a really interesting combination well, of colours. I mean, this, was, um, a, this is a Rizzo print um, and there was a call out with the, the DCA if anybody wanted to, to, to take part. So the drawing um, was done on graph paper. It was then traced onto normal paper. It was then photographed with the iPad and put through an app um, called, I think it's Adobe Capture, which turns it into a vector and it kind of softens the edges and then it's wow. put into Photoshop um, wow. and then run through the photocopier with the two different colours, pink and yellow. Oh, so it's, that's pink but because it's on the yellow... It, it mixes and you get the wow, orange. Wow, yeah. I love that. Um, but I'm going to do more with these, these I think. Um, yeah. I think it's quite an effective way to take the pattern as a drawing and then to put it into, put it into a print. Someone was saying on Friday actually that a lot of the paintings look like screen prints. So. They kind of do, but yeah. then when you get up close, there's a real texture to the paint, and yeah. you can just see that it's a real kind of someone's been there and done it. So it's it's good. It's it's that's a compliment, but I think they're more than screen prints. Yeah, and I like the when you change the pattern because I'm using acrylic and it's quite thick. 
you, you can see the lines, you can see the ghostly kind of bits of, you know, like this pyramid over here has an eye on it. If you look closely enough, you can see an eye. It just looks kind of freaky, so I painted over it. Oh, right, like, um, a, like a Egyptian type yeah, thing. Yeah, right. and, um, yeah, the one next to it actually has a big, massive um, kind of pyramid type thing underneath it. Um, Shall we go over and yeah, take a look yeah. at those? Yeah, so you can see here the, the curve here and then the, oh, yes. the circle and then there's a couple of lines. Um, that was actually a design that I'd done on a smaller scale. Um, it didn't really work um, when I you know, sort of blew it up to, I think that's 14, 14 by 10. Um, so yeah, I ended up painting over it. Um, some of them, in fact this one, was done on a 7x5 canvas board and then redone on the larger, um, on the larger ones with a couple of changes. This one has a lot of paintings That's the worm it. that, the, what's the worm? The worm that haunts us. The worm that haunts us, yeah. that's a great title. So you can see the, the line here. Yes, I can see it. See, and that's, that's the thing on, kind of online, they, they do look like they're very flat, flat and um, yeah, it could be screen prints, could be anything, could be a collage even because um, you've got a very fine line around the colours, so that could be like a shadow. Yeah, but I like how the line it, it bubbles up, like I go over it three or four times, yeah. so that it, it starts to stack up. And you do that by hand? Yeah, all yeah. by hand, yeah. I, I love don't, that. Don't use masking tape. Oh, okay, good. I, do you know what? I was avoiding asking you that, because I, I really, I don't know why, I just hate masking tape in Yeah, I'm not painting. a fan of it. Because I, I don't think it's necessary to see a perfectly straight line. Mm -hmm. I think it works for some people's work and you need it, but yeah, I, I don't know why. You could just tell that that's a human, a human touch. You've done it very straight, but there's a tiny wobble at times and it's really yeah, beautiful. You need to, um, I think the beauty of painting for me is that you're filtering, you're filtering everything through you. Um, yeah. So like with photography, Although I, I, I take the picture, um, I'm limited to you know what the weather's like or what the, the you know the, the subject's like or the client or, or anything like that. Whereas with this, I have an idea and it comes through me onto the canvas, and all of my imperfections are kind of you know kind of change it along the way. Mm. Um, it's like photocopies. I used to in art school. I would do a sketchbook and then I would photocopy it and then I would photocopy the photocopy and then that would be the one that I would hand in because I liked how it degraded. Yeah, um, photocopying is great, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's the same with music. Uh, I mean, I use cassettes a lot because it degrades ah. the, the quality of, of what it is. And how do you use cassettes? Do you have a way of recording onto the cassette or...? Uh, just however, um, you know, sampling old cassette demos um, or um, mixing down onto a, a cassette 4-track, uh, recording, um, something digitally and then putting it onto a really old cassette player and then putting that back digitally. Just messing things around so that you can get um, you can get the wobbly lines basically. Yeah, um, so that's something to get that, that runs of, right through kind of your life in a way. Yeah, I, I mean even even with my video work or my photography work I don't I don't direct subjects when I photograph them. I like people to just be themselves. I kind of feel that people know how they want to be, so all you need to do is to put them at ease and then they'll just be themselves. Mm. I don't like to impose my view of the world upon them. I want them to just you know, be who they are and you know let the chips fall. And the same with audio. Um, 
you know, if there's background noise, then that's just the, that's the, the atmosphere of the space and Which that'll colour the audio. Up here, we can hear it's a yeah. beautiful sunny day, so we've got the doors open, you can hear the cars going by. So that's, that's nice. nice. It sets, it sets yeah. the scene, it, it gives you the, it gives you that kind of, I suppose it's the reality of it, it's, you know, it's genuine, it's, yeah. it's true, it's honest. You're not trying to hide the fact that it's a painting by, um, you know, using gloss paint and masking tape to make yeah. it all sleek and shiny, which and is a valid way of working, but it's not for me. That's, yeah, and and also one thing to mention there is that you do use a sort of a, a matte varnish, is that right? You matte can, varnish, yes. Yeah, yes. so the colours in real life, again, they're just so, they just really soak up the light rather than reflect yeah. it, so you really can see all those surface details. It's never liked gloss or satin finishes. With um, photographs, I always print them matte. Yeah. I've just never liked it. Um, it just seems unnatural. It's, uh, it's too ostentatious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see it in oil paintings quite a lot. They put a, a gloss varnish, yeah. and it never photographs well either. Um, gloss. Yeah. Oh no. It's always a nightmare to wet photographing wet paint. It's terrible because yeah. it. Yeah. It shines, and acrylic as well. It's there is a sheen to it, um, but it's never. Um, it's never universal. Um, so it kind of comes and goes. Um, whereas with the matte, it's all matte, and, mm. and there's a few layers of varnish on it. Oh right. But um, you know, if if you're reminded to, you can take it off. It's it's removable. Um, I don't think you would want to though. No, I think I it's gorgeous. As we're standing in front of these two, I'll just read the titles. So, um, the one on the left here um, is "I Can See the Beach from Here." Yep. And on the right is the worm that haunts us. Yes. And um, you've got a couple of other interesting titles. Um, well, with teeth, we are so lightly here. Dawn chorus. I listen to the birds while my neighbours are asleep. And um, yeah, they're, they're interesting titles and very loaded. And is that something that you're aware of? Um, yes. Uh, so I, I suppose you've you've captured the the breadth of. Um, Titling with teeth is a song by Nine Inch Nails, um, and it's purely because it just looks like teeth. Um, yeah, and there's does. nothing else. I mean, I've finished a kind of abstract painting yesterday, and it looks like there's a couple of hills, and then there's a circle. Kind of looks like the moon, so I've called it Moon with a View. But, I mean, there's nothing more to it than it's a pun and it's funny and what to me, and you know that that works. On the other hand, these two are quite. Um, with their deep air, I suppose. Um, I can see the beach from here um, is uh, from a song by Jason Isbell, and the full lyric is, I ain't drowning because I can see the beach from here. So it's about, I suppose, denial. Um, when I paint, I, I'm very, very quiet. And the only times my wife says I'm quiet is when I'm depressed and <laughs> having, a, having a, you know, a bad time. Or when I'm painting, so I don't know if I'd want those two to be in the same category. No, no. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But I use. I, I Hopefully, use, one's happier than the other, or <laughs> no. I, well, isn't painting meant to be tortured? Oh, you're not, <laughs> you're not I, at peace when you paint. No, that's funny. No, I, no, I, I, I am. I, I think. But the thing with painting is, um, you have control of your your environment, really, isn't it? So it's yeah. Um, you. You know, you can pour your attention onto this canvas, and whether it works or whether it doesn't, the um, 
you know, it's not the end of the world and you can just trash it, paint over it and, you know, put something else on top of it. Um, but I use it to, to process a lot of thinking. You know, I suppose I ain't drowning because I can see the beach from here. Uh, I was listening to a lot of uh, a band called I Like Trains and they have a lot of, um, the, there was an album um, where there was a lot of imagery about drowning and, and whatnot. I've nearly drowned a couple of times. Really? Cold water shock. I got stuck under a, um, a pontoon once um, when I was very, very young. I nearly drowned in a swimming pool. Wow. I also used to work as a lifeguard. Um, okay, so you've got all... so many different influences coming into your painting. Yeah, but, it, it, but it's something that's, um, that's in mind. Um, uh, and so just that... Um, just that sort of denial that um, I can see the beach so everything must be okay, but it's mm. not. Um, that kind of tragedy yeah. lurking in plain sight almost. Um, and you kind of mapped out in the painting an, a zigzag line, which is almost like back. yeah, your path back to safety. Yeah. But I suppose necessary safety at the beach might not be safety as such. Well, that's why the beach is so small, I suppose. It's, it's, yeah. I suppose playing with that kind of perspective. Um, but, you know, I suppose I'm using it as a way to, I suppose, process sort of anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff, um, and you know how you're how you're dealing with that, and how you're. Um, I don't know when, like in therapy, they teach you to um, to have sort of coping mechanisms. So right. You kind of you rationalise things, and you know that your first reaction perhaps may be extreme, and that you need to kind of think about things so by painting you know I can I can do that and does it work does that work it does oh yeah. most definitely um but also I don't know I just like the idea of that I suppose that tragedy in plain sight because with mental health it's it's invisible like nobody sees it so you can look like everything's fine yeah. and you know you're going to be fine because the beach is just over there but yeah in reality if you let it drift then you're further out to sea and you're in trouble just becomes a dot I guess yeah Oh, that's beautiful. So that, yeah, so that title, back to your question, that title is music. Um, we Are So Lightly Here is a Leonard Cohen song. Um, it's, it's from a Leonard Cohen song. Um, I just like the, the idea of impermanence. Um, I tend not to keep much of an archive. I tend to just move forward. Uh, you know, if a painting doesn't work, I'll just paint over it quite happily. Um, it's not Francis Bacon slashing canvases, but um, <laughs> it's I suppose it's, well, it's a similar it's quite it's a, a similar violent idea. destruction to just paint over something that you've worked towards. Yes, but nothing's permanent, right? And, and we are so lightly here. Um, I, I kind of sums that up. I also like the idea that kind of looks like light hitting the, the, the sort of pyramids. Yeah, so you've got um, the white with the blue backgrounds yeah. quite striking, almost black and white. Um, and from actually, we're standing over the other side of the gallery, and it almost blurs. Like it's it quite does. Yeah, it's um, yeah, sometimes when you're listening to music and you're painting. I tend to paint in silence, but if you are listening to music, sometimes words will kind of bubble up. Um, and this is uh, Ernest Hemingway, like from Whom the Bell Tolls, um, uh, the one that haunts us is about um, sort of alcoholism. And it was actually in a book by Olivia Lang, um, Trip to Echo Springs, Why, why Writers Drink. Um, and I suppose it's that, I suppose it goes back to Francis Bacon destroying canvases and that kind of destruction. Um, I suppose mental health fits into that um, sort of 
where these things come from. Uh, you know, do they come down through family, or do they, um, you know, is it from circumstance? So it's all stuff I've had to address in real life. So I kind of layer it up within the so paintings. You've got, yeah, you've had to deal with alcoholism within family, and yeah. and and this is perhaps your way of. Um, kind of not coping but um digesting it digesting the experience trying or to vomiting it out on yeah. the canvas i don't know yeah <laughs> but you're layering i suppose the way i see it is it's um i'm layering up patterns and shapes and they shift and they change and eventually they they kind of they fix and then the colors kind of move around and then eventually they fix and all the while i'm doing that i'm working through I suppose other things because when you're in a flow state you can kind of it's almost like you detach yourself and you're mm -hmm. just kind of you're letting it you're letting it just go um, so sometimes I find that the pictures reflect how I'm feeling when I'm doing them so this one went through so many originally it was pink and blue uh, it was zigzags and kind of looked like the Lyrig and then various different things but one thing, it was the best part of a year to do it, um, but the more I worked on it, the darker it got, because that's how I was feeling over the course of that year. Um, and I don't use black too often, but... Um, I was just going to say, there's more black in this than there, there, there are... Anything else. Yeah, mm. but I like that. I think it sets off the other colours. You've got a tiny um, yellow line framing. It kind of looks like a pier behind. Um, and I don't know if that's what it is, but it kind of really sets off that yellow line. But it, it, it's not anything really. Um, I, I use these, um, you know, like zigzags, triangles look like mountains, straight lines look like beaches. This is a kind of, um, I suppose like on sky when you see that kind of landscape with the, the, you know, the bits sort of jutting out. Um, the pyramid, I don't know what the pyramid is. Yeah, there's a lot of triangles, like there has to be something. Just a thing floating in the middle of the ocean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a... It's, um, quite it's quite an ominous kind of presence, isn't it? It's like coming up either in a positive way or you don't know, do you? It's like, yeah. it could be a shark coming out to sea or something, hope or... Well, there's um, a little um, kind of rocky outcrop off the coast of Japan called Lot's Wife um, and Lot's Wife was turned to, was it a pillar of salt or turned to stone um, when she looked back and I, I can have a thing where I try not to look back ah. I suppose because you know I, again it feeds into that doesn't always, help anything yeah does it? it's that always moving forward you have Orpheus as well who when he came up he turned around and his but he went to the underworld to to get his partner back or something. He turned around. So when you when you look back, bad things happen. Yeah. So um, so I think that kind of that rocky outcrop, just standing alone in the middle of either water or um, I suppose some of them they kind of they look like sort of primeval landscapes. Um, I couldn't get a hold of um, cadmium yellow at the start of lockdown so I started using the bismuth yellow um, yeah. which looks radioactive um, so all the triangles look really kind of sinister and oh, had wow. this weird glow about them yeah um, but I don't know I mean I, I 
I like triangles. Triangles are, um, I suppose it's a simple shape. Um, it feeds into the simplicity of working abstractly and, you know, not mixing colours, just using them straight from the tube. Yeah, um, which I respect. Personally, I couldn't do that and I really respect that you really commit to that and that's very much part of, it always kind of feeds into those simplified shapes, simplified yeah. colours. And then what you're actually looking at is more the composition of the painting rather than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and but also the relationship um, to the colours. I mean, so much of my work is digital, um, and you know you're using the colour spot to, to pull different colours together. And also, if I was to start mixing colours, that veers back into why I stopped painting in the first place, making yeah. things look like what they what they are. So by, by restricting yourself to just the tubes of paint that you have in front of you, you have to make it work. And I guess that helps you create these kind of dense saturated colours um, that you've got that same colour again and again. Yeah. Making, and you can tell that there's a lot of layers because the, the colour quality is really good. Yeah, there's never less than three. Um, yeah. Sometimes four, five, six. Great. It just depends how <laughs> I'm feeling. No, I love it. So I'm just going to move on to a few last questions. What would be your dream location for one of your paintings to hang? Um, that's a difficult one because I don't... I've not thought that... I've not thought far enough ahead for that to be something to consider. Um, I, I think in my practice I have the things that I make money from and now uh, the things that I'm experimenting with, that I'm playing with, um, and it's important that the things that I'm experimenting with are kept free from money, commerce, and whatnot. And the things that I'm earning money from now used to be, I mean, I used to make films just for fun. Now I generally just make them for clients. And that's how painting's going to go. I and painting, painting very much probably will go that way. I mean, I've been, I, I suppose I've doubted what it is that I'm doing, but I've kind of got to the stage where I have so many of them, I can't deny that it's something that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and something like this is why it's so important to, to get them out there and to, I suppose, see what happens. I don't know if there's a demand for this kind of stuff. There is. This is, this is how I paint and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck with it. It's like taking photos. You. When you're looking for your style, you, you identify the things that you're not able to do. Then you identify the things that you don't want to do. And what you're left with is your style, <laughs> really. Yeah. And you want to make the best of it, you can. Um, so this is, how I'm, this is how I'm working. So I suppose that actually your training as a photographer has kind of really helped you become a better painter. Yeah. More so than going to art school did and stuff. Well, it's, I mean, it's all, it's all connected. Um, yeah. And it's... Um, I suppose identifying what it is that you're, you're wanting to focus on. Like I, I like how the paintings are put together. I like how, um, you know, if you use quality paint versus cheap paint, I like, I like, I like knowing what that difference is. Mm. Um, you know, like, I, you know, I, I use, I don't use the cheapest paintbrushes, but I don't use the most expensive ones because I don't need to. Mm. And I, I like knowing. You make conscious decisions. Yeah, and I, I do my research and I, and I, I kind of, yeah, put it together well, I think. Where it goes from here, I don't know. We'll no. see. Um, well, I, I like that uncertainty. I've got um, another three little questions. Do you have a favourite piece in the exhibition? 
of mine or in general? Um, it's open, but I would say it'd be interesting to know what yours is. But if if you don't, if you'd rather answer it um, differently, that's fine. I suppose there's um, dancing at angles was the one that I did where I kind of felt that I had done something that um, could stand up as opposed to just messing around. Yeah. Um, so that's a definite favourite. Um, the one that haunts us took so long and actually means quite a lot. So that's that's an old, that's also a favourite. I love Bethan's work. Yes. And I love how it's positioned so that you know it frames different pieces. And Bethan's um, work, um, she works in the same way of kind of simplifying yeah. real life and to the point where it is just a series of shapes. So you kind of have that in common. Yeah, but also um, you have to see it in person, which I suppose ties into the exhibition itself. That you, you know this, although the photos are nice, they don't they do, do the yeah. piece justice when you're able to walk around. You know, like even just walking underneath that archway and just yeah, I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. But oh yeah, she's yeah. all about <laughs> yeah. engaging and she's not precious, so which is great. They're just fun and playful. Yeah, yeah. I think this piece in the middle where you can see stuff that's concrete and blue. Things. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful shapes. It's really nice. I mean, as a as a photographer, you're always looking for stuff like that to you know to put in front of your subject or to frame things or yeah. Um, so to see someone has you know created something like that. Great. So we'll go with this question. And um, what does the exhibition title mean to you? If anything, it doesn't have to mean anything. In the flesh, um, I suppose it goes back to why I started painting as opposed to photography. Um, I do do darkroom photography and I, I, I would put that almost in with my printmaking uh, because it's a physical process, digital photography and digital filmmaking. Um, it's slippery. Um, I think there was, was a writer, it might have been John Berger, I can't remember, but he talked about a, photo a photograph, your eyes just fall off the side because it's so glossy. Mm. There was a painting with the, the sort of the texture and the, 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 you know, the peaks and troughs you know, within the the, the, the surface kind of captures your attention and keeps it there. Um, so there's a there's a physicality to the work. Um, you know, when they're up in the house, I sometimes you know you run your fingers across the surface and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a physical thing, um, which I think you know it's important. And lockdown has robbed us of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love nothing more than when you visit lots of art to kind of get right up. You know, like Lewis's work and seeing that it's actually cut out. Yeah, you know, it looks, So it looks like it's laser cut. Um, you know, he's, he's cut the, the, the shapes out. Whereas if you see a photograph of it, it'd be easy to think he just... Painted them. Painted them, yeah. yeah. And it's very, very... You can see the shadow gaps in between the, yeah. the shapes. And that's something you only see in person. Yeah. Uh, you only ever get that or... Uh, you know, when you look at old masters like Rembrandt, you see that, you know, that, you know, the way the face looks three dimensional is literally like two bits of paint just kind of yes. dabbed down. Um, yeah. You only see that up close when yeah, you're when there you, in yeah. Perfect. Last question. Where, if anywhere, um, do you see your, go your work going next? You did mention at the beginning that you're kind of, you're going bigger. So is that something you want to work towards making quite large paintings? Not large. Um, I have a, so I share an office with my wife, we have half each, 
So I have one table for with the computer, the photos uh, and videos, and then I have another table, and then I have kind of bars put on the wall that I can prop work on. So it has to be able to fit on that wall and to fit on that table. Um, I think I, I've got one that's like 20 by 14, I think. Um, so slightly bigger, but not, not too big. Um, I've stretched, been stretching my own canvases. I've actually had to stretch the bars for ages. I just never really got around to it. But the shop where I've been getting the box canvases from aren't really stocking them right. that well, so I'm having to make them. Make them. Uh, but I've been using the old um, kind of jute stuff that you, you can get from scrap ant. It's quite yes. cheap, um, and it has a really deep weave on it. Yeah. So I'm not having to use sand as much to get that ah. bobbly. <laughs> I tried to paint on jute and I hated it because I couldn't get a straight line. But actually, I can see how with your work. But I, I like how it makes it slightly yeah. wiggly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of hit a dead end um, with the work that was here. I'd kind of felt I'd kind of finished it, um, but getting them all out to the studio last Monday has made me start. I've actually finished two and I've got another two on the go wow. just this past week. So, That's amazing. Um, and I'm going to take a lot of the designs and start going back into printmaking. Yeah. I want to do some weasel prints um, and music is bubbling under. So there's a lot, mm. a lot going on. But, um, Sounds exciting. Yeah, just see where it goes. Yeah. Right, well, thank you, David. That, that's been really fascinating and loved learning a bit more about what motivates you and everything. So thank, thank you. you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. That was artist David P. Scott with me, Nicola Wiltshire. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can find David's work on his website, www.burnbox.studio or Instagram, one word, burnboxstudio. That's burners in fire and boxes in cardboard. If you're interested in my work, my website is nicolawiltshire.com or I'm nicola underscore wiltshire on Instagram. That's nicola without a H and wiltshire like the place in England. I'll be chatting to the other In The Flesh artists over the coming weeks, so stay tuned for the next episode. Have a lovely day and chat soon.